Ghosts are horny. Ookie. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. Hi and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. I had a question for you guys this week, but I want you to know, as soon as I said I had to check in, Jordan said, oh, I know what it is, and said that it was going to be, which family member would you murder? I just feel like you, I could not even, like, within the context of Supernatural, I could just imagine sitting on the couch with you and, like, watching something and you pausing it and being like, if you had to kill one of your siblings, which sibling would it be? That is just a very alley question. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, like Allie is that person when everyone is really drunk at a party and it started to get like the weird time of night where like boundaries don't exist anymore. What was that that one night you were like, what do you think your worst quality is? Oh, I, I made everyone go around and tell the other people what their worst quality and best quality are. Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> to support Jordan's point there... <laughs> Yeah, Ellie supports therapists by making sure they all stay employed. She supports mental health just in a roundabout way. Yeah, but I would love to hear your actual check-in prompt for us today. I don't want to know what you would each put at the front of your ship. You have a ship you're decking out where stylistically there's often like a woman or a mermaid. The figurehead, Mm -hmm. yes. I have so many answers and they're all just swirling in my head. <laughs> in my fantasy, my ship is massive uh-huh. and I would steal the big butter Jesus like <laughs> driving to Cincinnati, the touchdown Jesus with like his arms up and his smile. Yes. Just like this. Oh and not only gosh. that, but like touchdown Jesus is really prone to lightning strikes. So it would just be like awesome if you're like driving your ship and like lightning strikes your giant Jesus figure and it, it <laughs> in flames i love that yeah and like you're on water so like ships can catch on fire it's not a big deal you just like splash a little on is that how that works yeah (laughs) it's called math oh right that's true (laughs) what actually i guess we're changing up uh, what about you jasper yeah i'm going second today wow i would go classic like a mermaid lady but like instead of a regular mermaid lady she would be like a really thick mermaid lady like with huge tooties like <laughs> massive honka badonkaroos like a know? skyrim mod love yeah. love tootie <laughs> yeah just like big titty mermaid <laughs> i love that of course you know those really bad tattoos that are like a fake anchor and then they say refuse to sink oh my god I- <laughs> 
I would just have like a wooden anchor as the Uh front of mine and engraved would be like, can't hold me down or something like that. Wow. You're getting like a bad white boy tattoo Mm -hmm. right on the front of your ship. Wow. It's, it's like uh, wearing an ironic t-shirt, but for ship having, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, we're all going to drown a horrible death as the ship. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) I I don't know anything about sailing remotely so i just told you everything you need to know catches on fire <laughs> splash some water splash some water on it. <laughs> right 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 you're my, set my bad i'll pay more attention next time <laughs> <laughs> today's episode is season three episode six red sky at morning the one where the boys get paid this episode was written by Lawrence andres and directed by cliff bowl and originally aired on november 8th 2007 Hell yeah. Go ships. I didn't see it coming. I never could have guessed that in my wildest dream. Ghost ship. (laughs) I love how it like drifted into this scene. It's like some fucking Black Pearl Mm. shit going on. The first time I watched this, I really wanted it to start opening fire on the town, like just blasting it to bits with its cannon. Yes. Cannons, plural. But it's just a merchant vessel, so... The concept of it, I was just laughing to myself about it for a little while because, like, we have this very overused trope and horror of the woman alone at night, and you expect, like, a serial killer or a werewolf or something to come <laughs> out of the bushes yeah. and murder this woman. You do not expect a whole fucking, like, battleship right. coming. <laughs> it was just the most. And she's just ridiculous. like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Better drink from this fountain. Yeah. No, I love it because they like immediately follow that up with the yet another vulnerable woman thing. They're like, oh, well, we faked you out on the running at night alone. So now she's going to be vulnerable in the shower. And that's Mm -hmm. how she dies. Yeah. I actually had thought of another check-in, but I thought it was too dark because I was going to ask you what's the worst place to die because I'm sure is the shower. Yeah, the shower would be pretty bad. Probably how I'm going to go. Definitely <laughs> a shower slipper. Yeah, that, the toilet. No, the toilet's kind of convenient, though. It's like yeah. you're going to shit your pants anyways. Oh, true. I'd have to really think about that. There's a lot of really unpleasant ways to die. Drowning Mm -hmm. is supposed to be one of the most painful, though. So Mm -hmm. just this whole episode, truly unpleasant. I hate this cold open. I know we still are talking about it, but I have more to say. The shower scene is even worse than the jogging scene. Something that drives me completely ballistic about it is the fact that she keeps adding soap to her hair and then rinsing it out. Like they don't show her adding soap. It's just the way it's cut together. She's like, sometimes got soap and sometimes doesn't. (laughs) I'm just like, where the fuck are these soap bubbles coming from? Just making me insane. And then like when you compare her drowning to like the other drowning deaths, like the guy is like, I'm touching the shower wall and then we don't see her die or whatever. And then everyone else is like puking up water yeah. or whatever the fuck. It's so strange. It is I'm just strange. like, ugh. and I'm just going to throw this out there. I really enjoy this episode. I think it's super fun. 
but it's a fucking mess. It's a mess. And this ghost <laughs> yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> okay, there there was that prank trend where at the outdoor showers at beaches, people would like go above them and squirt shampoo into people's hair. And oh, you just yeah. would never understand why it wouldn't rinse out. That's what the ghost was doing <laughs> before oh, he murdered her. He's just squirting more shampoo her. each time. I love that. Honestly, it would have made more sense. True. It just like it doesn't set the tone of the episode at all. I just at hate all. It. Yeah. I just I'm like, who the fuck is Sheila? I don't know. I loved every second of it. You're a liar. I want more high camp. Ugh. I would even argue that this isn't high camp because high camp is over the top, but it's also earnest. And this was not That's earnest. True. Accidental camp. We've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. <laughs> we have. This wasn't camp. It's just bad. It's just bad. Fair. I suppose. Like, it. to its credit, I actually think the water vomiting, that's, that's campy. Yes. That's campy. Yeah. That I love. I'm like, good. Puke up a gallon of water. I love it. Okay, I think you all are too old for this. Not in a mean way. There's a Disney show, Sunny with a Chance, and in it, she puked on a date, and they just put, like, a literal fire hose next to her face so that she just pukes the amount of a fire hose in this episode completely reminds me of that. Like, how much water could these people hold? So what you're saying is Demi Lovato killed a family member (laughs) and had to pay for it. How could you? And now she's singing a ghost. It all goes full circle. That's how she got out of it. All right. Let's stop talking about this fucking cold open. I don't care. Let's move (laughs) along. Let's move along to some brothers angst. Hell yeah. Because we are on a roll with them yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like they weren't arguing for so long. And now that they've actually started airing out their real feelings and like <laughs> arguing a bunch, it's like they broke the seal, you know, like, yeah. like when you're really drunk and you need to pee, you like wait, like as long as possible, because as soon as you pee, then you keep having to pee, you know, it's like that, but disagreeing about the demon deal. Yeah. And that's what I have to say about that. I like that we got one of our two, Dean and Sam, after cold open scenes, we're either in the car or a hotel room, which I've come to actually <laughs> oh, yeah. like. I think what was my favorite thing about this was this whole time Dean has been so like, obviously he doesn't want to worry Sam. And this is very frustrating for Sam because in a way it is kind of condescending. It's not only Dean being nice, but it's like, Sam is like, I'm an adult. I need to be recognized as an adult. But the thing that was heartbreaking, of course, is the line where Dean for a second thinks that Sam having killed the crossroad demon means that he might be out of his deal. Very good storytelling. And it's sort of like in Sin City, the way he's subtly hinting at actually being scared when he was like asking what hell is like, or he's trying to be nonchalant about it, but you know, he he doesn't want to die and go to hell. So poor little dude. I also am really interested in how this conversation that they have essentially boils down to the reverse of a conversation that they've already had, where Sam is like, I am not sorry for trying to save you. And we already have had this exact sentiment from Dean. I'm not sorry for like bringing you back. So I think once again, it sort of is encouraging us as an audience to put them on equal footing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. One thing I don't like though is 
Sam's excuse for killing the demon because we know Sam's been like worried about the human and all of these things. And like, I know she just appears, but when Dean is like, Hey, there's a bullet missing. What the fuck happened? And then Sam's excuse is, well, she was a smart ass and that's why he murdered this demon. Yeah. Well, it's like we were talking about last time. Like, it's the first time that he seems to have really just done something because he was feeling like fucking spiteful and petty about it. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy to hear him admit, like, straight up that that's the reason. Because Sam might be a killer. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) is there something wrong with my brother? (gasps) Come back different. (laughs) I think it just really speaks to how exhausting this is for him and how pissed off he is in general at the situation. And also at Dean, I think that he's willing to just be like, yeah, I was just mad, you know? True. It's really funny too, because talking about what happens later in the episode, this is a conversation about Sam's agency specifically in this situation and how like, yeah, not and with him not coming back and now him being told that he can't help Dean, he's like lost kind of all agency. And sometimes mm. as a younger brother, I'm sure or a younger sibling, not that I would know, but you could probably feel that way in your relationships. But then we go to make sure Sam has no control over his sexual agency. This whole episode is so weird. Right, right, right. They're like, let's make a joke out of the fact that he doesn't have any agency. And I think Mm -hmm. we've, we've talked in the past about he doesn't always have a handle on his own body, you know, because it's been infected by demons and like, you know all this stuff and then for it to be pushed further into the sexual area like as a big joke is weird (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but i'm sure we can touch back on that more later well then we directly deal with it because the very next scene is this old woman hitting on sam oh yeah yeah ms case i don't know it makes me uncomfortable you know what Mm -hmm. fuck it let's just talk about all that right now why not (laughs) why not The thing that, like, I think is really wild about that just from the get-go is that, like, you know, ostensibly she's grieving. And obviously people are weird when they're grieving because Sheila was her niece who was just ghost ship murdered in her shower. (laughs) But she doesn't seem especially affected. I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, she just seems really horny. (laughs) I thought this was a missed opportunity to have her had killed her husband or something. Thing because mm. when we find out like that's later, I'm like, oh, she's like gonna get what's coming to her. She doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit that her husband's dead. And she's been like, mm-hmm. she literally jerked off Sam's finger, and that's like <laughs> she's over it. <laughs> and then, like, nope, it's just a joke. She's the horny little old lady, and isn't that funny? Because it's like not only is it about like Sam's body, but it's also like kind of ageist and degrading too. It's mm-hmm. like, well, a woman like this, if she wants to have sex and engage in sexual activity, that's gross because she's old and old people having sex is disgusting yeah and it's absolutely about her age too because bella is very sexually forward in this episode as well but you know she's around 30 and she's fucking beautiful so (laughs) we're like oh of course like it's fine for her 
her to be mm-hmm. like sexually aggressive yeah. or like even not aggressive, but to just express desire flat out. And obviously, you know, it's pretty clear. I don't think that the stuff with Gert was appropriate in mm-hmm. any manner, but I'm also like, you know, old people fuck like, yeah. sorry about <laughs> it. Like, I don't know. It, it's like talking about being condescending from earlier. It's kind of condescending to be like, oh, how ridiculous that this old lady would have attraction and be vocal about it. Like, yeah. Also, can I just say, like, G MILF? Like, she is super beautiful. For sure. I was going to say this is such a huge missed opportunity because we don't often have women in shows or movies or any media who are allowed to actually age. We let men age, but we don't let women age. So here was an elderly woman and she killed the acting. Like, she's beautiful. She just got the shittiest role. And, like, I really like the costuming for her, too. It was age-appropriate, but it was still, like, stunningly beautiful. And I was like, if she could be a kick-ass character, that would be huge. Like, why did they have to belittle her? Right. And I think even if they had just like played down some of her Mm -hmm. behaviors, then they could have been like the, yeah, like I'm not interested, you weird cougar. Yeah. Um, But like it still wouldn't have... I don't know. They don't have to be degrading about it. Yeah, it might have actually been funny then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. They said they like <laughs> made this actress play it like she was like a horny chihuahua humping someone's leg. It was so weird. It was, <laughs> it was weird. That's the exact energy though. Talking about other stuff that was intended to be funny, but I didn't find as funny as it was likely hoped. Bella stealing the Impala and parking it in a restricted zone and like Dean's little meltdown about it. And like, okay, yes, it's funny because it's mostly harmless. And she did do it because she was mad that they messed with her business. Like it was directly just like, I'm being petty, which like good for her. But also like the car is like their home. Yeah. It's their only consistent home. And I think for Dean, especially, who never got away from John or anything, um, that was probably really traumatizing. Like, (laughs) I wasn't sure if they were trying to exaggerate his little meltdown. Like, it did look like he was starting to have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't sure if that was just him taking a deep breath or, like, actually having a panic attack. I would have a panic attack mm-hmm. even if I didn't live in my car. <laughs> well, as much as like it would be like an escape from John, it's unfortunately in the inverse too. It is like his last connection to his dead father and the car yeah. is John. Yeah, the car John is, is John. John. <laughs> <laughs> the car is God. The car is oh, God. No. <laughs> God is John. John is the devil. The devil is John. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really pissed me off. Yeah. yeah. Poor Dean. Wouldn't it be funnier to do something else? Like she already stole their money and shot Sam. Like I feel like like bubblegum pink. Dean would have secretly loved it. Hilarious. Or like put Vaseline all over the inside of the windshield. Yeah. Or taped a half of a potato somewhere really hard to find. That would be just to ran wrap the entire car. Yeah. There you go. Just something low grade annoying. This is where we get a lot of the background information, too, about, like, what is actually going on. I love how Sam just has encyclopedic knowledge. Oh, yeah, of course. 
It's like I said last time, Sam knows all of the things so he can tell us about the stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. they even specifically mentioned the lore. So I was wondering, Allie, if you had anything, this might be a good time to share. I do. I went into a deep dive. So it mentioned that SS Violet were in 1857 that it had shipwrecked. And they also mentioned Flying Dutchman. There is actually an SSV Violet, which did crash into the Goodwin Sands, which are by the cliffs of Dover in 1857. Oh. And 19 people died. That ship, just the year before, I believe it's the same ship because it had the exact same name in just one year. It carried 240 emigrants to Australia. So it was a pretty sizable ship. And I'm also wondering when they say emigration to Australia, if that was people who had been arrested. Not too sure. I would love to know more if someone knows more about how that worked. Then... Okay, the Hand of Glory, we talked about a little with the rabbit's foot. I did find out that it's both dried and pickled. Ew! I thought they were yeah. just dried. No, and pickled. Ugh. Yummy. <laughs> Ew, God, the texture of that must be so weird. Yeah, and it gets worse. Ugh. Not only that, they sold this as like a keepsake, good luck item, but also they took the fat from the body of the hangman and made it into candles which were then also considered good luck oh so interesting and then finally i just want to talk about shipwrecks and the flying dutchman in particular yeah shipwrecks were so frequent like i knew they had to happen more than they do today but i was shocked If you go to Wikipedia and you look up the shipwrecks, it had a list in in 1800 and it went day by day. But not only that, there were like sometimes like 15 ships per day. That was for only 1800. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So the number of shipwrecks happening was like obscenely huge for what we know. Shipwrecks are like incredibly deadly too. That's scary. Yeah, it makes so much sense why there's so there's so much lore about it, and to us, yeah. it's kind of this very removed thing. Yeah, and like the ubiquitousness of like a shipwreck graveyard and things like that. Mm. Oh yeah, because we have only explored one percent of all shipwrecks in the ocean. Really? Isn't that insane? Yeah, actually. <laughs> and yeah, this is how wild. they're still. They're still finding um, so many like jewels, things like that, because the saltwater preserves it very well. And we've also found like honeys and wine and food and things like that, even from ancient times. Oh, wow. Oh, find us some mummy juice to drink. I don't recommend it. Yeah, sounds like there's probably Uh, Is that from personal experience? Touched a mummy, no drinking mummy juice. I have not. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. Your your mummy hand curse. Forgot about that. Would not. I would probably try their honey. I probably wouldn't try anything else. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then finally, the Flying Dutchman is like the most famous of all these stories. Yeah. Jasper, you already brought up Pirates of the Caribbean. But the Flying Dutchman's in there. And the Flying Dutchman, there have been like operas, poems, plays. There have been everything written about him. He's a sea captain who... Usually they say that his ship was struggling to stay afloat in the Cape of Good Hope. And he decided to swear that he would sail even if he had to sail until Judgment Day. And either, depending on the story, an angel or the devil heard this and was like, all right, bet. (laughs) So now he can only sail 
mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. once every seven years when he can go to land and he has to find a woman who will swear to love him no matter what. And he has one day every seven years. Originally, he ends up getting out of this because he runs into another captain who's like, hey, my daughter, she's lonely. She'll love you no matter what. And he sets him up, of course. But this was part of the Dutch or is it the East Dutch India? Dutch East India Company? I always yeah, I thought the East India Company was uh, British. Yeah, but I think it's called the Dutch East India Company. Oh, dude, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't <fucking> know. <laughs> Well, it was part of it. And originally, like the name of the captain is supposed to be like Hendrik van der Decken. And <laughs> Dutch is crazy, dude. It's it's like weird ass German that sounds like it came from a cartoon. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hendrik van der Ducken. <laughs> I think I'm saying der Ducken. I think it's der Decken. Der Decken. Isn't it der Decken? anyway (laughs) anyway in this like it was interesting you were talking about how the ship moves because famously and not in all the versions like definitely not pirates of the caribbean that's more realistic but it's supposed to be that when you see this it's either like hovering just above the horizon Uh or just below the water so it's like something a little off and you can tell right 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 and sometimes it glows red. Like there's a red light emanating behind I it. I love, I fucking love that. Which I thought was so interesting. Cause if you look at the last scene in this entire episode, um, they shoot Sam completely normal lighting. They turn to Dean and from behind he's lit with red. Like oh. there's a brakes light or something behind him mm-hmm. and it cuts off right then. Is it a stretch to say that was an homage to this? Yes. But <laughs> I thought it was so interesting. <laughs> and these are signs of doom. Even Prince George V of England saw it in 1881. But then the guy who pointed it out later fell from the top of the mast onto the ship and died. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, just kind of cemented everyone's fear. But what this probably is, is the Feta Morgana, which is a mirage from a combination of like the moisture in the atmosphere fog and then lighting that displaces distance objects or completely tricks you into seeing things that aren't there i'm sure like if you're in the middle of the fucking ocean surrounded by nothing like my, i would go fucking crazy and like you don't realize the true isolation of being out on sea like and, and today i think a submarine's pretty equivalent because if you're like secretive you can't get messages out like if you were on a boat like at least you'd have service or something nowadays back then like you were just on there for sometimes months at a time with no connection to other human beings not on the ship like i you had to be so fucking mentally strong to not go crazy in that situation i know right. i would so right. i just love that this turns into the lore Yeah, I was thinking like not only, you know, the isolation, but the doldrums and everything Mm -hmm. uh, when you're not moving anywhere and like the heat from that and the lack of hydration that can happen. What else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. About the the red aura. It's so interesting that you say it's red because I always see, you know, like a ghostly glow Mm -hmm. is often depicted as like a greenish or a bluish hue, not just in like American or like Western uh, depictions of things, but also in like Japanese stuff. Mm -hmm. Ghosts are often like blue, bluish 
Yeah. So red, you know, obviously it's the whole opposite other end of the color Mm -hmm. spectrum. So I'm just like, wow, interesting. That's neat. Thank Thank you for that, Allie. I love that. (laughs) I love it. Wonderful rant. You know how much we like ghosts. Mm-hmm. So much. And ships and pirates. Like, oh, this was yeah. just great. Oh, my God. And pickled hands. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Louisiana. People people eat uh, pickled pig's feet down in the deep south. So, you know, pickled hands. What, you know, is it that big of a stretch to, to say? True. Eat, pickled hand, A little hand snack. Why to be fair, not? I don't think they were like yum cannibalism. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Lots of protein. No calories. So they go up to the mansion to talk to the one guy after his brother gets killed. Peter. I'm changing the subject from cannibalism is what's happening <laughs> here. They always park so obviously in front of these houses. And Peter's oh my the God. first person to be like, who are those guys? Yeah, no mm-hmm. one's like concerned about who they are, even in the slightest. Ever. Mm-hmm. I do love how they just kind of... so they get Bella to go away and they're like (laughs) they're like making some comments about how like she doesn't have any tact or like he's been through enough or whatever and then they immediately resume asking the same fucking (laughs) questions she was and I'm just like oh my lord (laughs) (laughs) like if I was that guy I would have just been like I like bye see you I can't handle this (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He has a lot of experience with familial death. He's probably like, I get the other half, too. Maybe. I mean, in that case, I would want even less to have to talk to people, to be honest. True. But of course, this whole scene leads into Bella just picking on them, like needling them, which I love. Mm -hmm. I know she's kind of an asshole. But listen, you don't understand. I love her. <laughs> it's so you don't fun. have and all the when, facts. And when Dean says, like, did daddy not give you enough hugs? And she says, I don't know. Did yours? Like, what a kick-ass line. I know. She, like, doesn't even, like, react facially. Mm-hmm. And he just looks so, like, taken aback. I think their dynamic this episode, I love it. They're so mm-hmm. right up in each other's faces and I think what's great about it is that like you know we see Dean get overpowered a lot physically but it's not often someone really verbally puts him in his place like that so soundly and he can be real obnoxious you know that's my small little angel baby but also get fucked (laughs) (laughs) I actually like I kind of read into the uh, it a little bit differently. I do love mm-hmm. that Dean kind of got what was coming to him. But Bella, like, I f- kind of saw her, like, give a little bit of, like, oh, he did just not. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. she looked irritated, but she didn't, like, she didn't, like, flinch. Or, yeah, like, that, that's true. Yeah. It was, like, there and gone again. And she's really harsh right there, yes. too. I love when she's just, like, y'all are basically just serial killers by the way (laughs) and like she does admit that that was harsh later but I don't know I just love that she first off is like specifically talking to Dean right they make sure throughout this episode and it kind of starts here well I guess it starts earlier when she's talking about the car because they're like picking on Sam together she tries to like build a rapport with Dean by calling Sam a drama queen 
And then she sort of is doing that same thing again here by addressing him directly and not Sam. She makes that comment about the serial killer thing. And she's essentially like, why do you think you're better than me? Yeah. And I was wondering if you think she has like a point. She's like, well, I take a job and I do my job and then I get paid for it. And, you know, for them, they're like exterminators, essentially. So like, does she have a point about them talking down to her? I think they're both right, actually. Tell me more, Jordan. So in some ways, they both are very much like both Bella and the boys are like the ends justify the means. But the ends are very different for Bella Mm -hmm. and the boys. So the boys, the intent is at least good course like this is all they know so i think like the self-righteousness is not completely deserved because like are they helping yes is there a level of like self-importance for sure mm, but they're at yeah. least like trying to help people bella on the other hand i don't think there is anything wrong in my personal opinion profiting off of this other world and meeting like a market demand But we have seen her a few times be willing to risk the lives of others to get her ends. Yeah, to just get money. Yeah. So kind of both. What do you think, Allie? Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of like, don't screw over the boys or other hunters, but also like, yeah, fuck rich people. Steal from them. Make them think you're talking to their cat. I don't give a fuck. Sell them fake objects. I don't think there's anything immoral in that. Obviously, later we we find out there's something with her family. I also think like that's also way too bold a statement to say anyone who harms a family member has done something wrong. Like, I think it's very situational. And if Bella has her own standards, I think she should hold herself to them a little more. But like, yeah, fuck these rich people. Take that money. For real. Yeah, I definitely thought they were out of line when they were, like, mm-hmm. getting on her for her, like, fake seances or whatever. Like, people have been doing that for hundreds of years. Like, pop off. And, like, organized religions have been doing that and in the process, like, killing people and killing cultures for so long. Like, an individual just meeting people's needs is so different than forcing this on people. 100% agree. Yeah. I also just think they're both kind of being a dick to her for mm-hmm. no reason. I mean, okay, yeah, she did shoot Sam. Yeah. That... <laughs> That was horrible behavior, but I don't know. I think a lot of this other stuff, like Dean is annoyed that she's smarter than him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The boys are also very defensive when it comes to hunting in general. Like, yeah, they're very much gatekeepers of the supernatural. They're gatekeep and she is both Gaslight and girl boss. I love how you keep coming back with this to update us. It works for everything. I swear. I want to say Bella is girl boss and then Ruby is gaslight. (gasps) I like that even more. I think that's what you said last time, actually. Oh, I forget literally everything I say. Look how smart I was. So I love the scene after this when we finally get to see the ghost up close. I loved how Pirates of the Caribbean angsty, like it almost was like he had like black smudged under his eyes, the dripping hair. Uh Yeah. Such a vibe. He was looking a mess. I, okay, I have to say though, the way he's styled and like his hair, like the curl pattern on it and the length and just his facial features, everything about him. He looks like dead ringer for someone I knew in college. 
who I didn't, yeah, I wasn't like friends with him. He was just like in the same social circles as me. I forget his name, but every party I went to for a long time, like probably in, uh, in excess of a, a year's worth of parties, I saw him doing Edward 40 hands, but instead of 40s, he had crack and rum. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is like weirdly like on brand with this episode, yeah. too, because like of how piratey Kraken's marketing is. Also, watching it makes me feel drunk. <laughs> the, oh, the episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just looked it up and actually, yeah, the the second Pirates of the Caribbean came out in 2006. Yeah, I mean, you can see there's like a clear visual inspiration, mm-hmm. I think, with the ship. In particular, the way it drifts into the bay mm-hmm. in, in the fog is very that. I love that they're caught on this stakeout, too. They're immediately like, God. And then when the guy is puking in the car, I was like, me after any night of drinking. <laughs> just immediately vomit are you, are you really that sensitive to it usually i don't drink or i drink way too much there's no in between yeah. so when i do yeah i will go to the bathroom in the middle and just it's like a water fountain wow <laughs> and then i'm very curious why they didn't try cpr it seemed like a prime chance for well, maybe i mean this is an uppity rich guy right so if they try and perform cpr and they're in a state that doesn't have good samaritan laws and they don't they're not registered uh like cpr people mm-hmm. i know you have to like take a test anyway given that all of that if they do resuscitate him and they manage to like break some of his bones or something they could be liable. So maybe they were just like, you know, this fucking ornery rich dude. I don't know. Just like leave him be. I don't feel like getting sued. Also, like Figure. he wasn't just like drowned. He like had water magically conjured into his lungs. <laughs> I don't think there's like anything <laughs> you can do. Just mouth to mouth suck it out. Yeah. Get like a drain or something. <laughs> Jordan's like, obviously they wouldn't try a CPR alley. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> the writer's room incredible there's an interlude after this guy dies where dina's like you can't save everyone they're in the car Mm -hmm. and you remember last episode we were harping on real hard how they were just like banging us over the head with like a fucking hammer they were like do you understand what's happening emotionally And I think this little bit was much more deft than any of the stuff in the previous episode, because they don't have to directly bring up the fact that they're having this like meta conversation about Dean. They don't have to do it. Like we know. And I'm like, yes, it's all in the body language (laughs) and the grimacing. At the very start of that scene, too, they're listening to the radio and there's like a weather announcement for a storm coming. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the perfect like little bit of creepiness lead into this short conversation and leave it there. Yeah, exactly. It treats you like you're paying attention, which I, you know, I love that for me, (laughs) a person who pays a lot of attention. Sorry, general audiences. (laughs) (laughs) TV is for me only. Now we just need an episode where it does both. Can we have True. a consistent, coherent storyline and not spoon-fed what they're trying to tell us in one episode? We'll see. I think you're asking too much, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know how that could have happened in this episode, but I'll save it for later. And yes. I'm excited. Oh, I'm also so fucking pumped for this Victorian boarded up house they're staying in. in the next oh, yeah. Scene. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Why don't they do this more often? Like, that's such a fucking cool place. Yeah, they like squat every now and again. I do mm-hmm. love that. I just loved Dean's like stare moment. Yes. Okay. Moving on to the heist. Mm-hmm. That whole chunk. Let's yes. do it. Yes. Let's talk about the heist. So the whole first part mm-hmm. of the heist is Dean and Bella getting prepared to go to the function. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing about this is the way they use typically feminine tropes to bundle together with this joke that Bella makes at Dean's expense. I don't like the line. I will say that when she's like, what are you a woman? Cause he's taking so long to get ready. Cause he, he's like nervous about his appearance. So they give him not just cleans up nice, which is the sort of like, oh, she's beautiful when her glasses come mm-hmm. off or like, you know, if you've seen the princess diaries, <laughs> that's classic cleans up nice. Although the fuck did they do to her hair? I go back <laughs> and I watch that and I'm like, she just needs better curl maintenance. Yeah. Like, don't, don't heat her hair like that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Every single a- time it's take the glasses off straight in the hair. Right. You're popular. Right. So it's not just cleans up nice. It's the grand staircase entrance. This is Cinderella going to the ball, baby. Like this, I have never seen any other piece of media use these for a man. And I watch a lot of shit. And not only is it these individually, I haven't really seen for a man. I haven't seen them together ever (laughs) for a male character. So I'm just like thrilled with this scene. And it's all part of the what are you a woman joke. Yeah. Because there's such feminine tropes. It's it's like they're saying, yes, he is. Look. This is your girl. It's your girl, Dean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Snap for her. But yeah. Now, yeah, if it wasn't for that can line, I would have loved it. It reminded me a lot of when we first met Sarah Blake in season one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then like even after that, you know, he's like, I look ridiculous. And I'm thinking about the fucking Don Bluth animated Anastasia yeah. movie, which is also full of these same tropes. Um, I would marry Dimitri. Dude, I would marry both of them. True. Like scoot, scoot over. you know let me in that relationship move over Mm -hmm. yeah like there's something so endearing about this moment for him because i guess he's not bashful often so it's like i don't know it's nice and i think it adds overall to this idea of bella's presence sort of turns his whole idea of himself upside down because of the way she reflects certain personality traits of his and challenges other ones. Yeah, this episode made it very clear where they're like, Ruby is Sam's girlfriend. Now Dean's got his girlfriend. Like, yeah. (laughs) You look so exhausted saying that. You're like, ugh. (laughs) I'm happy. I'm excited. I think it's pretty cool he gets to date Catwoman. (laughs) She looks incredible too. This might be a good time to stop and talk about the fashion let's do it yeah Sh- shall we mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not much to say about a tux 
which is what both Dean and Sam are wearing. So I'll skip over that. Although Sam has his, I'm trying to look nice. So my hair is combed behind my ears thing going on, which I find endlessly adorable. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Gert's clothes briefly earlier, but I want to say specifically, I love her whole like, I think she's wearing like a dress of some kind with like a black top Mm -hmm. and then it has a matching jacket and it's this like gray silky material. It has like a fabric flower on it. It's so pretty and she has her hair down and it's like almost all white with like a little bit of gray. I'm just saying she's fucking beautiful. Like anybody would be lucky to age the way that she Mm -hmm. has. Bella, I love her outfits. The whole episode, all her clothes are so good. The one for the party is great. She has yes. that princess neckline and the the wide strap sleeve, but then the super duper low back that kind of hangs open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, we it's love so a low back. We love a low back. The way they style her just very much reminds me of that person who like has money, but they don't necessarily buy like nice clothes. They just know how to style themselves to make it look like they're expensive. Right, exactly. And I would say the same for her outfits uh, in other areas of the episode too. Like she has that almost trench coat style leather jacket that she wears that looks like it costs a lot, but it's very functional. Yes. And she's wearing these skirt suits. And I in particular love the one that was like the pinstripe with mm-hmm. the bright red shirt underneath. Oh, She's so good. The pinstripe suit has two little teeny buttons where buttons at the like middle of it. Yeah. And then the only other buttons are on each pocket. And it's just so adorable. Yeah. And I also thought it was like cool inverse because we talked about like Dean getting the typical like female moment uh, that we cast in a show. Um, Mm -hmm. But also like, I don't know. I don't see many women wearing pinstripe and that's usually typically like a businessman trope. So I thought that was yeah. cool, the reversal. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's all I have on that because the boys are wearing some of their uglier fed suits and such this episode. Yeah. True. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam has like the uh, blue check button down with the gold tie business going on at some I point. And I'm it. like, oh, make that go away and never come back. <laughs> Oh, he did look quite strapping in the end where he had just the long sleeve with the, it was like a V-neck and it had like the white t-shirt underneath. I don't know. There's something about like just a plain old long sleeve shirt. Like they look naked. I'm telling (laughs) you. True. Yeah, it is very weird. They don't have their jackets on. I feel strange. I love it though. Yeah, same. So I guess we're ready to talk about the party itself. Yeah, let's talk about the party. I thought it was a fun party. I actually kind of wish more of the episode would have taken place here. Yes. Yeah. That is my biggest thing with this episode is that if the heist was the meat of the episode, it just would have been so much more fun. Yeah. Well, and like we really had a moment too because we took such a like insane (laughs) monster, like really just leave the mystery of the monster like we have the Pirates Caribbean reference, take another late 2000s movie that was so popular, Ocean's Eleven, right. spend the time setting up this heist, let us see this heist through, make them look like professionals, or it goes wrong, that's fun conflict. Like there's just so much they could have done here. 
I actually think they made them look very sleek and smart. Well, I mean, not yes. Sam, poor Sam. But even Sam is still doing his normal Sam task. He's like accidentally solving the case by yeah. hanging out with a horny old lady <laughs> who just tells him everything. <laughs> but, you know, we have both Dean and Bella uh, thinking quick on their feet so they can get upstairs, even though they didn't really have a plan. Scoping out the security and like understanding the sort of people that are working there and how to get one over on them. Mm-hmm. And then Dean disables like a, an alarm system system on the hand of glory and we've never seen him do anything like that before so that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. and even bella was like i assume that you're able to do this and like yeah she was being an asshole because she'd been calling him stupid all night Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like she also was like yeah i know you can do this Mm -hmm. i am just so obsessed i wish they showed it more when they walk in what he puts his gum on is a champagne fountain that's silver that was that was a good. It was yeah. so funny. I want that so badly. The champagne fountain. Yes. Cleaning oh, that thing yeah. would be such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> True. Give like it gets nasty. You have to get your toothbrush with ketchup out and scrub that whole big ass thing. Ooh. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> oh, also, I have a question. Like sure. at, at Balls and Gallus, there's a place to sit, but the only we see is dancing like are people expected to just dance or stand around the edges for this entire time oh my God, right i wondered if there were just more rooms that we weren't seeing i'm hoping because it looked like people were sort of milling around mm. in like the entry area mm-hmm. and we just didn't see like the whole thing because again they didn't spend enough time true in this part of the plot yeah like wouldn't it have been interesting if like the rich millionaire guy, the remaining brother, was like at this thing instead of having him die in his car, you know, like oh. if he had been part of this. I could see it. There was one thing I wanted to mention. Hmm. One of the few times Supernatural does good joke telling, because like, let's look at, let's dissect this joke, which I know kind of ruins a joke. Mm-hmm. But like we have when Dean goes to disable the alarm. Bella oh my God, I love there. it. Well, it's so good because like, you know, she's drunk up there. He, she leads him to think that, you know, she's, you mm-hmm. know, fooling around with her husband. He sees Dean. It's not at anyone's expense. Like, it's a good, right. funny, situational humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the look on his face when he's walking away. Like, don't get me wrong. Fuck cops. Yeah. But, like, he's, like, a regular dude at a big rich people event. And all I could mm-hmm. imagine going through his head is, like, fucking stupid ass rich people yeah and you're totally right supernatural like yeah (laughs) yeah right it's it's like they didn't need to be like sexist or homophobic or racist Mm -hmm. or anything right here in order to do something funny Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so frustrating when they do rely on that because it's lazy and we've seen them do better Mm -hmm. absolutely so, of course, Bella fucks them over. Oh, I love that. She, Yeah, she trades the Hand of Glory for the ship in a bottle, which I think was an interesting mm-hmm. choice given everything. I don't know if there's any deeper meaning to it other than she just thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. It's really it's funny. funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but- I just love how she was able to wrap it up, too. Oh my god, yeah. That's the best part of it. 
Yeah. Well, and she must have been so pleased with herself, too, because like Dean was so like, oh, I'm not letting you hang on to this. Like, I don't trust you. And she got it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just love that for her. But yeah, when they get back to the house, they're squatting in Mm -hmm. and they have the moment about like, I can't believe she got one over on us again. And like, they're, they're really hammering it home. Once again, Sam is like, got one over on you. So they're like, audience, remember, (laughs) Bella has nothing to do with Sam. (laughs) Yes. Lest you forget. But honestly, I don't mind it that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I thought, yeah, if you're going to hammer us over the head with something, at least make it funny or stupid like yeah, that. Yeah. I was really interested in like the delivery of that line. Like Sam is almost sheepish yeah. about saying it, but he also is like not willing to bundle himself together mm-hmm. with this loss, you know, cause he's annoyed at Dean anyway. And then he had to spend all night with a horny old lady who was groping his ass so oh, like, licking her lips when he was getting drunk oh i hated it yeah Ooh, it was very uncomfy <laughs> and then of course bella played herself again this is the second time <laughs> that's happened yeah i have a little bit of a conflicted feelings about them being mad that she saw or specifically Sam being kind of mad that she saw this thing because that means she had hurt someone in her family like yeah his whole thing beforehand was let's help people no matter what. And now he's like, like, why don't you have this conversation after you save her? Why does it have to be right now, Sam? Double think, Yeah. I think it's just because they're mad at her. Because like they're, we know that they're going to help her out. They're just being mean because they can. I think they're just feeling petty. They're like, (laughs) you've been petty. So we're going to be petty back. But I think what this does is really highlight that their big values are family and helping people no matter if they deserve it or not, you know, whether it's like a hopeless situation or it's just someone they don't like or whatever. Um, I do have to hand it to her, though, like she is able to just ask for help. Like she's not too prideful to ask for help. She's like, I'm fucked. (laughs) 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 Like she just goes straight to them. Which, like, I don't know, I have a hard time asking for help, but she's just not fucking around, which I have to admire. Well, I like the whole irony, and it kind of also lends to showing the boys as professionals, because she spent the whole time, kind of rightfully so, attacking their intelligence. But, like, when it comes to the world of Supernatural, like, they do know best, and her Mm -hmm. playing with those forces is ultimately what would have got her killed. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. They have the know-how to sort of deal with the situation and the experience to deal with it on top of that. So despite the fact that, you know, she's really eloquent and she's clever and like she's smart in a lot of ways that they aren't, they're better at this than her just by virtue of the way they do their work. To return to what you mentioned earlier, Allie, where you were remarking upon their instant judgment of her upon finding out that she's hurt someone in her family. I I have to think like, well, they found out about Sheila and Mm -hmm. Sheila killed someone in a car wreck. I'm sure that was not on purpose. It was just her, like her cousin and this ghost still came for her. So it's interesting to me that 
they have such a low opinion of her that they're willing to believe that she maliciously killed someone in her family. They immediately jump to that conclusion, which is strange, Mm -hmm. I think, given that they are usually pretty Mm evidence-based in the way they deal with things. But then don't you think, like, if they were just, like, even a little bit nicer, maybe she would have opened up? (laughs) Yes! Like, I think if they were like, oh, like, what happened? Like, she might have at least hinted at Mm -hmm. it. Like, I don't know, again, with the pettiness clouding your judgment, but... And to me, she's, like, very young. So also, I'm assuming it has to be when she was underage. So that tells me two more about a person's situation than, like, them. So it's, like, it's not like she's a 60-year-old who had many points in life to mess up and do this. With that, though, we have to think they probably have a different opinion of children because they were forced to grow up very young. (laughs) Sure. True. They might. Dean doesn't, though. It's hard to say with Sam because they don't for a while, for a long while, have Sam interact with children very much. Mm. But they do have Dean interact with children quite a bit in the series as a whole. And from the very beginning, like, Mm -hmm. you know, remember episode three, we're like, I don't know what to do about this weird kid. True. Get Dean on it. Like he's (laughs) the child whisperer for some fucking reason. So I do think it it really is there just personal frustration with her and it's unfortunate and also i just want to tell dean to lay off with the weird daddy issues remarks (laughs) every time he brings that up i get the takes one to no one kind of feeling and i like obviously bella is doing that every time he does it takes one to no one essentially but i'm still just like why would you keep doing that to yourself dean like why do you keep on saying these things about her to her face so she can throw them back at you <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> i do think it's kind of funny if we're ready to move into the next scene that sure. she was judged for having her seance and it's a seance that ends up being the thing oh yeah kind of yeah 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 they do a real one mm-hmm. i have to say i really like this scene I think it's very engaging. I think like the whole the storm picking up and getting really heavy and like Dean trying to, I mean, he he's not successful, but to keep the ghost away from her and, you know, her terror at being touched and mm-hmm. Sam shouting in the Latin and the pages getting soaked. It's all very engaging and fun. Yeah. It is. It must have been a bitch to film with that pouring rain. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't actually raining and they were just getting water dumped on them, but. <laughs> That's what I mean too, though. Like, oh, to yeah. do that several takes, it must be miserable. I wish more of the episode had been like this. There's like an emotional yeah. intensity to this that just isn't present in the whole first half of the episode. Mm-hmm. This one action sequence or action-y sequence is just much more impactful than any of the rest of it yeah i agree i wasn't sure what they were trying to say about the closure between the two ghosts yeah it felt a little shoehorned in but yeah we didn't it wasn't long so at least we didn't focus on it for very long yeah Mm -hmm. and that's actually um what i wanted to talk about with regards to why like the pacing is so strange and the um 
the feeling of two different episodes that are sort of mushed together. Sort of like you were saying earlier, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean and also Ocean's Eleven Mm -hmm. are happening and they're not exactly coexisting very well. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that, you know, not only is this ghost thing very convoluted and they even say at some point that it's very specific. There is like a very specific target that this ghost is going after. The fact that there's not just a familial relationship, but specifically brothers, and one of the brothers dies, makes us as an audience want to be like, okay, what is this saying about Sam and Dean? But their situation has nothing to do with that. So, yeah. And, and, you know, the ghost story, the ghost case has a lot more to do with Bella's development as a character, but it's very distracting the fact that they're brothers. So, like, there's a lot of dissonance going on, and the whole thing feels very disorganized. And on top of that, you know, we have characters like Sheila, who were like, who the fuck is Sheila? (laughs) The whole episode. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, if there had just been less focus on this Mm -hmm. ghost and more focus on some of the other elements of this episode that are working, then it would have been, like, a great episode. Mm -hmm. And instead, it's just kind of a mess. Like I said earlier, I I actually really like this episode. It's just not good. You know what I mean? Well, even the funny, because, like, the concept (laughs) Mm -hmm. of taking a seance and summoning two spirits to have a ghost brawl is like freaking hilarious yeah and like i don't know they just like really found a way to make it so flat yeah yeah Yeah, and it's like such a fun episode spirit wise but it's not funny and it's not good so i'm so torn because like i like a lot of the vibes it's going for right it just doesn't deliver on everything right it is clever that they're like well, what if we resolve the ghost's issues, do some ghost therapy real quick, yeah. let him get his revenge against the person he actually wants revenge mm-hmm. against? Also, like, how did no one comment on that they just ran at each other and dissolved into water? Like, that seems like something the boys would have talked about in some capacity. <laughs> I don't know i almost feel like they've seen so much shit they're just like yeah. sure well whatever Fair. <laughs> maybe they'll make a note about it in their journal <laughs> or whatever but like mm-hmm. you know if it's dead it's dead <laughs> true but the boys do it and they get paid yes they get paid do you, when does you ten thousand guys- each or total I think it was total. Those look like bank straps. They they hold 10,000. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. I like that because that gives them kind of like more autonomy. I really like this scene with Bella. Did you guys like it? This is my yes. favorite scene with her mm-hmm. in this Same. episode. Yeah. yeah. I like how even though she was like, look, this was a mistake that I sold it. I need your help. I love that she stays true to herself. Like, I hate when they take a character like this and like, then she's found the goodness of life. No, I love how she's like, yeah, I'd rather do this than say sorry. Bye. Yeah. Or thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah it does that. But um, Bella has been a really one note character to this point, And it's been a good note. Like, it's enjoyable. But even though they do it her way, they still are introducing new levels mm-hmm. into Bella. So it's good characterization because like, we know like she could have just ran again she doesn't even know she's gonna see these boys again 
Like mm-hmm. she had no obligation to pay them. They weren't asking for anything and she still thought she should, True. which means that she has at least some kind of code of ethics that we yeah. have not seen to this point prior. So it's, I thought mm-hmm. it was well done. Yeah. Talking about paying them in particular, it's not just that she doesn't want to feel like emotionally vulnerable, like it's sort of emotional vulnerable space of saying thank you or admitting having done wrong. It, to me, it's not even just that because like you mentioned, Jordan, it's like a peek into her own code of ethics. And I'm thinking about the conversation um, that she had with them earlier. She was being antagonistic, but she was like, I do a job, I get paid. What she's saying here is that they did something worthwhile with their time and they deserve compensation for that time. Like, this is a material way she can say thank you. And and I think because we know how much value she places in money and objects, it's it's even bigger that it's her paying them and not someone like Gert. So I don't think it's just that she's like, you know, whatever. I don't feel like thanking you actually. So I'm throwing money at the problem. Mm -hmm. Oh no. I just think it's true to her character that that's her mode. Oh yeah. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, to like, to expand on that idea. Yes. 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 And, and something that I think is nice about this scene is that the both of them seem a little more endeared to her than Mm -hmm. they have before. And I I wonder if that isn't because they just saw her so emotionally and physically vulnerable that she was able to admit that she made a mistake. Mm -hmm. So I guess that leads us into our final scene of the episode with the boys. Not exactly where I was expecting it to go. Or it was more like kind of Dean coming to terms with that Sam will be able to take care of himself once he's gone. Is he though? I don't think so, personally. I think no. He's like trying to get used to the idea of Sam yeah. being an adult. Yeah. And it's it, it's an interesting scene because he's expressing concern for Sam and Sam is so mad that he's doing that. Yeah, I I love him just being like, I don't want you to worry about me, like worry about yourself, because it's not just like this. Why don't you care that you're going to die? It's also the why are you still treating me like we're not equals kind of thing. It's like the same argument from the beginning of the episode a little bit it's so true for a lot of sibling fights where like when you finally are able to apologize your siblings like that's not even why I'm pissed at you right and then it becomes a new thing like right. it's so true that like Dean finally accepts this and he thinks he'll express this and everything will be good and Sam's like what the actual fuck we have a lot right. more to unpack good luck yeah you have in fact made it worse <laughs> yes <laughs> find it very compelling that Dean brings up the idea of Sam being stronger than him, quote unquote, considering that echoes something that the crossroads demon Mm -hmm. said or implied that Dean was holding him back and that Sam would do much better on his own, both in terms of like his emotional stability, but also his success as a person and or as a hunter, if that's what he wanted to keep doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like Dean's opinion of himself is about as low as a demon's opinion of Dean. (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, I think it's about time we get into the fanfic. 
I think you're right. I think you're right. I have nothing related to this episode. (laughs) I'm excited. So in honor of myself, because the big news of the week is that I just started taking testosterone. Woo! Ramey. In honor of myself, I picked out one of my favorite trans dean fix that is a work in progress. Mm. It is not complete, but it's an absolutely bonkers off the wall gender fuckery. <laughs> it's incredible. It's called A Trick <laughs> of the Light on the Face of Your Daughter, and it's by Serenity Fails. The summary is an excerpt, which I will read. Sam looks at him for a long moment, scanning over him for signs of whatever emergency Dean's got his maybe not entirely proverbial panties in a twist over. De-aging spell? He asks after a minute, squinting at Dean's baby face. Dean laughs, just this side of hysterical. Not exactly, he says. So it's basically a woke up in a different body fic, plus some years later Mm -hmm. gender aftermath, where he's dealing with a curse that forces him to be in a feminine body for a month. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Dean could learn a lot from that experience. Truly. Oh, buddy, he does. (laughs) (laughs) This pick is rated E. There is a lot of porn in here. I'm not even going to pussyfoot around it. (laughs) The relationships are Destiel, but there's also Dean with original female characters and Dean with original male characters. And there's a few minor and background relationships going on as well. The characters are Dean, Cass, Sam, Bobby, Gwen and Samuel Campbell, Jody Mills, and Charlie Bradbury. Additional tags include gender or sex swap, bisexual Dean Winchester, this is my trans Dean manifesto, closeted Dean Winchester, sexism, cissexism, transphobia, homophobia, internalized and otherwise, alternate universe canon divergence, mid-canon, unhealthy coping mechanisms, alcohol abuse slash alcoholism, masturbation, implied slash reference child abuse, PTSD, gender dysphoria, oral sex, vaginal sex, implied or reference underage drinking, accidental voyeurism. And then this tag was added on the end after a chapter or two was originally published. An unfathomable gender experience, real reviewer testimonial. (laughs) (laughs) and i I remember seeing that comment in uh in the comments Mm -hmm. i left some very long dense comments on this because boy howdy there's just a lot of gender going on oh (laughs) hell yeah i cannot recommend this fic enough it's like absolute Mm -hmm. insanity it's everything i want from a gender exploratory piece of fiction it's so fun Mm -hmm. This is like something our readers would love to. So if anyone's mm -hmm. read it, please let us know. Oh my God. Yeah. It only has around 3,500 hits. I think part of that is on account of the fact that it's still a a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Every day I pray for another installment because it's just insane. Like (laughs) there's a new sentence starts and some other crazy, insane gender thought happens. And I'm like, oh my God, there's really no way to describe what I am talking about in words that make any sense. So I apologize because otherwise I would just be reading excerpts from this. Uh, 
again, I, I highly recommend it, cannot recommend it enough. When I do get around to updating our document with our FIC links, I'm going to include a handful of other trans dean stories, most of which are pretty low on the hit count. And most of them are trans masculine narratives as well. So keep an eye out for that stuff. Well, so I guess we're ready to rate the episode. I'm ready. I'm going to dive in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a three out of five. Oh, I didn't want to take it, but pickled mummy hands. Ew. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> this episode just like took a lot of good concepts and then just missed them all, the mark. Honestly, it's biggest offense which I hate to say, but it's just the worst, the biggest offense in TV. It's like, this episode kind of bored me, which should not work with a ghost ship and a heist. And I was so excited for a Bella episode. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, it just couldn't get its bearings for some reason. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Allie? I'm going to give this a score based on that the vibes were good. It was a fun episode. Wasn't a great episode so i'm gonna give this 3.75 uh finger jerk offs oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. just the intense eye contact poor sam getting his hand molested i used to when i shook people's hands i'd make them shake my hands way too often and then you do the thing where you just like rub gently with your middle finger ew (laughs) Allie. Oh, <laughs> God. Sorry, Jasper, what would you score it? I'm going to give this one 3.25 ships in a bottle. Ooh. And similar to you, Allie, I think it's just, you know, the vibes, the vibes were there. I enjoy this episode. It's fun. I love the character stuff. But man, the ghost doesn't make sense. And everything is just slapped together with like, I don't know, like an ancient glue stick, you know, it feels like a child's construction paper project that like falls apart the second you tape it to the fridge or stick it to the fridge. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like something is missing and I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but (laughs) what is it? Tell us, tell us, tell us. You know, it's a ghost that makes sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> the ghost just doesn't make any sense. It's just so specific and weird. I don't know. But it's there's so much to love in this episode, too. And like, God, Bella is such a queen. Mm-hmm. I love her. Mm-hmm. And the development of her character in this episode is very good. And honestly, relatively subtle. Jordan, based on this wild episode. <laughs> Let me sit up. Let me sit up. I need to get the brain cells going. I need the, they're, they're moving around. I don't think you need them to predict. No. For base predictions, I don't really know anything about monsters. Mm. I've been talking about, we're going to have Gordon and vampires at some point. I'm not going to go straight that far, but we are due for another vampire episode. I feel like we're going to get one each season. So I'm guessing that'll at least be in the next four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with, okay. So I kind of want to talk about fears a little bit. Gotcha. Oh, so uh, this is going to go more into the thematic of the relationship between Dean and Bella. Cause I, have I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that I'm pretty sure Bella has also maybe had a deal with a crossroad demon. You did mention that. Yeah. 
So I think we're going to eventually kind of, that's going to be the connection that pulls Dean and Bella together is they're going to have this kind of like countdown romance that they're both like stuck in the same situation. My fear is that Bella's crossroad demon wish is going to have something to do with her parents. Maybe she chose to kill her parents. Maybe they were abusive. Mm -hmm. And my fear is that we're going to take that from Dean and Dean's going to parallel his experience with John to her experience with possibly an abusive father and Mm -hmm. be like, well, John wasn't so bad. That's my fear. Oh (laughs) yeah. 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 So I'm kind of hoping that we can shift the focus of the season Mm -hmm. away from John. Right. So also it would have been kind of cool if they left John in hell at the end of last season. Oh, God, I wish. True. Not only because, like, he deserves to be there, but also we have this countdown <laughs> of Dean going to hell. Mm-hmm. Seeing his father in hell would have been kind of an interesting, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. Yeah. I, like, it's just, we're kind of have a missed opportunity. I wish we still thought mm-hmm. he was down there. True. But that's it. That would make a really good fanfic. Someone write it, write it up for me. I'll read I it. might write that shit. Are you Do kidding it. me? Like, oh, man, the chance to, like, debase john in in such a deep way like for a couple thousand words what about if you go the lucifer route where they have to relive their past like (gasps) things that they've done so he has to go and watch himself abusing the boys all that shit that he made that would have been great that would be great well he would have to feel uh, remorseful about it we're forcing him to feel remorseful (laughs) that's what keeps him in hell until he feels genuine remorse he's there forever so he's there forever (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhart, and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Albany, New York. Bye. Bye. Bye.